Thank you for listening to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talking to entrepreneurs around the world and ask them to share the practical tips and lessons learned. I hope their stories will help you better navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. This podcast is available on most platforms. Subscribe now. Hi, thank you for joining Interviews. So today we're flying to Canada to meet another passionate entrepreneur trying to crack the code. My guest is Ilya Brodsky, the CEO and founder of VanHack. Hey, Ilya, thank you very much for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Laurent. Super happy to be here. Good. So I know, I know it's a bit early uh, for you in Canada. So let's check it. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Definitely. I think my journey... You know, if I look back on it, it actually really starts at the very beginning of my life. Um, my first memory of my life was immigrating, um, getting on a train and then getting on a flight uh, from the Soviet Union to, to Israel when I was two and a half. Wow. And this really kind of impacted me because I was always the new kid. I was always the new person in a new strange land. I never knew what it's like to be living at home in my home country. And then again, when I was five, I moved once more to Canada to where I live now. And then from there, I, I went to school in the U.S., traveled a lot, a lot as a swimmer as well, lived abroad a few times. And then after university, spent four years living in Brazil, working uh, in a mix of mining and startups. Um, and during that time, I got in touch with a lot of tech professionals who were interested in, in coming to Canada. Um, and they asked me for help. Um, but I just kind of helped a little bit here and there, not really thinking much of it. Um, and then, and then I also was creating an online course to teach people how to move to Brazil. And my Brazilian friend said, you're doing this the wrong way. You have to help Brazilians move to Canada. So this theme kept coming up more and more. And finally, when I came back to, to Vancouver in 2014, after having lived there for four years, I thought, you know what, let's give this a shot. I was, um, <laughs> uh, in a pretty, you know, not so good place in my life. I was broke, uh, living with my parents and, and my, uh, my then girlfriend and now wife. Uh, so you can imagine the stress there in that yeah. situation. Uh, and, and I decided, you know, I got nothing to lose. Let's give this a shot and see what happens. And, um, and I started getting people sign up. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the start of, of, of hack and how everything began to grow. But uh, there's a lot of other in the kind of experience that I, I did talk about, but there was a lot of startup failures before that point that led me to a place where something actually worked. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a journey in a nutshell of how it started. And then we can go into maybe how it, how it is now and some of the lessons uh, as we go. Sure, we we will we will do that in a in a bit. Before we do that, I'm curious. What yeah. does it mean for you to be a, an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for, for me, it's it's someone who who doesn't um, doesn't just say, "Oh, that's the way it is." Um, mm. uh, I think a lot of people out there are kind of say, "Oh, that, that that's that's just how things are done. That's how they always will be done. Nothing we can do about it." To be cliched here, there, that Steve Jobs movie uh, or clip on YouTube where he talks about poking a hole in the universe and something coming back, that kind of moment, I think is really, really um, telling and, and, and a great way to describe it. Um, I've always been someone who questions, like, why are things done, done that way? Why can't they be done another way? Um, just because, you know, someone said so or this is the rules, is that really the best way to do it? Um, so I think someone who has this curiosity as to, um, what's a, not the right way of doing things, not the wrong way of doing things, but maybe a better way uh, and constantly pushing towards that better way. 
Um, for me, this is an entrepreneur and that, and that can be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, a billionaire businessman or woman or mm-hmm. to be someone just, you know, doing something for themselves and, and t- taking their destiny into their own hands. Right. And, you know, all the guests I've been talking to, they're all completely hooked. Is that your case too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> So what, what, yeah. what is it that makes you continue the, the journey? Because, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is a journey. Oh, very much so. Yes. You know, I've been kind of trying to do an entrepreneurial thing again since I was young. Um, since I was, when we moved to Canada, I was five years old. We started doing, um, my friend Anton and I started going door to door, asking people for their um, recycle um, bo- bottles and pop cans and wine bottles and um, these kind of uh, beer, beer bottles uh, that we can take to the, to the, five, uh, to the 7-Eleven and get five cent candies. Um, so, so this kind of like hustle, uh, right. I've been doing, then we had lemonade stands and then, uh, anyway, up, 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 up through the years. But, uh, uh, since then, like, I, I just, I think it's because we grew up with very, very little like immigrant life. Um, you know, we were, my, my dad was, you know, talks a lot about the Soviet union and kind of coming to Canada with, with, um, two kids and, 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 and no language and all that kind of thing, the mm-hmm. stereotypical story. Um, and so from a young age, it was kind of ingrained into me that if you want to, you know, be successful or, or kind of, it's, it's, it, I, it's funny, my parents never told me to be a doctor or a lawyer, they told me to be a, a, an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, um, that, 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 that kind of seed was planted. And then, and then, um, you know, it just, I just can't live any other way, right? Like, I, I also don't really like authority. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of ironic because you know if anyone from my team listens to this like i hope i'm not too authoritative with you on, on, our, on our in our company um but uh yeah like i i was i would always get in trouble as a kid in school um getting fights with my swim coaches I, I grew up swimming with athletics i don't know i just always wanted to have this this control of of, of knowing that i can not necessarily do what i want to do when i want to do it because that that's that's also i think a fantasy you know we have to work hard and make things happen but that, that that part of it was was important for me but and then and then now I really feel fortunate because after a lot of trials and errors I found something that kind of aligns what my personal passion is and uh, something that is a good business opportunity or amazing business opportunity in my opinion so um, when I go to work every day it's like I, I know I'm going to make something of a change and impact in, in the world and like like very tangibly can point to what that is and, and that gives you the fuel. So that's kind of why, why I'm hooked on, on this uh, business, both the business of Van Hack and helping other people in, in general through, you know, maybe other startups I do in the future or whatever I'm doing. It feels every day like, like I'm getting closer to where I want to be. Um, mm. and, and that's exciting for me. Whereas when I was working at jobs um, that I didn't like or, or things like that, it would just be another kind of clock in, clock out. It's, four, it's 4.30. Okay, I can go home in half an hour. Okay, 4.49, I'm leaving the dad at the door um, kind of feeling. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to describe. I think those are the kind of the main things, though. Nice. So tell us, what does Vanak do? Yeah, uh, very simply, we help companies hire senior tech professionals from around the world and relocate them to their cities, adding more diverse and qualified tech talent to their teams faster. Um, the, the word relocate for us is really important. Uh, we we, we uh, found that if you help com- candidates, uh, tech professionals move to places like Finland or France or Canada, their lives are hugely impacted and they, their um, retention on, on your team is much higher and you're able to attract better candidates. So um, we're really going to be the world's largest international tech recruiting company. Interesting. 
because we touch base on talent, the talent acquisition industry. And if I think about it, there's always an, an area and it's something I've not talked about yet on interviews. It's the interview process. We always talk a lot about it from the candidate's point of view. You know, there's a lot of uh, content online about the type of questions you, you need to ask and how you can prepare. But let's reverse it and let's look at it from the employer's point of view. Mm. Because, you know, the job interview is the moment where you, the employer, needs to find out if the candidate in front of you is the right match, right? Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. So how, yeah. how to do it properly? Yeah, that is a, a really great question and, and one that I don't think anyone, uh, not even, you know, Amazon and Google and Facebook have figured out 100%. It's, it's so hard. You're dealing with human beings and there's always going to be issues. So that's, I think, the first thing to say off the bat mm. is, is that it's, 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 it's um, difficult and um, needs a lot of work and attention. One thing I also will say is that for, for me personally, this was one of my, and still is one of our biggest challenges. And something that in the early days, I didn't take that seriously. Um, and, and the cost of a bad hire is just tremendous. So make sure you take it seriously. I guess that's the first thing um, to do is just realize that it's not easy and it's critical and very important. It could be very financially painful if mm. you make the wrong hire. So, so take, your, take your time to hire. Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, yes. Take your time and, 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 and just do it. Take, put, in the, put in the work. Like make it as important as, if, as, a, as a sales call or, or like a customer. You know, the, look at it as, you know, a, a, about closing a, a huge uh, client and, and getting a, a large a sale done. This is this is like that the, the level of importance that that interviewing, um, not for every role, but I, I would say for 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 like definitely senior roles and and some roles are a little bit less. Like, okay, I'm going to get a virtual assistant here to help me with this. That I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a core team member mm. uh, for. So. The, the, the first thing is, is having alignment with the team. Um, one thing that we see a lot of is, especially kind of in middle size and larger organizations, is misalignment between the people who are actually making hire. So HR doesn't really know what the, the head of engineering wants or the CTO wants or the CEO wants. They all, they're all on different pages, whether that's salary expectation or when the person needs to start or this critical skill that the person needs to have. So just taking the time to have everyone on the same page um, is, is really important. And if, even if you're like a two-person startup, having both founders or, or, or kind of people involved being on the same page. So having that very clear, very like precise, written down. And then also having an interview process that is like fun <laughs> or as fun as can be um, is important. Uh, so a lot of companies, they don't really take the interview process seriously. Again, they show up late for the interviews. They have interview processes that are 15 steps long that has the candidates to do hundred different coding tests or, or different exercises um, that don't respect the candidate's time. And they don't get back to candidates after an interview happens. So you have an interview and then three weeks later, oh, you didn't get the job. Well, <laughs> probably that candidate, if they're any good, already got another job. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then also it looks terrible for your employer branding. Um, and people tell, people talk, like if, if I had a, that interview experience at a company, I'm not going to probably buy their product and I'm going to probably tell my friends that this company is bad. Um, so it's really important, um, you know, especially as you're growing, maybe in the early days, you can kind of get away with it because no one knows who you are, but as you grow, it's important. So that's, that's, that's sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but this is very interesting. You're talking about branding. Yeah. So you, basically yeah. what you're saying is that recruiting is marketing. Oh, so much. Yes, yes, yes. Recruitment. Oh, that, that's a good point, Laurent. 
Uh, very, very good point. Uh, many people don't look at it that way. And mm. I feel like it's, it's hundred percent marketing. Like you're, it's marketing and sales. Um, you're, you're putting the word out there. You have a, you have a product that you're selling, which is your job. And that's the thing. Another thing that people don't think about, they think like, I'm just going to post a job on my careers page or on LinkedIn or Indeed or the, you know, these big platforms. And then thousands of qualified people are just going to be running after me because of course everyone wants to work at, um, you know, uh, Acme Co that has 10 people and, and, and um, <laughs> like, you know, that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Netflix, you know, these companies, they have that problem. But what your problem is, is that no one knows about you. And again, I'm, I'm assuming this is entrepreneurs who listen to this, right? And yep. uh, they need to realize that it's not like everyone's chasing and, and knocking down the door to work for those people. Think about salary, think about uh, job security, um, think about um, just like generally no one knows who you are. So so that's one thing I think is important. People need to go proactively market, proactively sell their position and, and, and put in the work, not only to you know, vet the candidates who come in the door, but go out and find the right candidates. Um, there's a really great um, podcast, uh, Movement Saster, that I, I think everyone should, should check out. It's uh, Jason Lemkin. He talks a lot about hiring and recruiting, especially in the sales. He's, he's comes from a sales background. And he talks about how, I think 25%, something like this was the number that he said, he said 25% of your time as a, as a leader of a company needs to be put into recruiting 25%. That's like more than a day a week. Uh, It's crazy. You know, I think that's important. And also another thing that's really important, uh, especially for early stage companies is to hire an HR manager or head of HR as Mm. soon as possible, like sooner than you think. I wish I had hired uh, my RF who's our great, uh, you know, HR manager sooner. And uh, once she joined, um, it really kind of professionalized things and helped us a lot and, and still to this day kind of a clear leader person. There's a really good um, book, uh, No Rules Rules, that Reed Hastings wrote, uh, released recently, the CEO of Netflix, Reed Hastings. Um, and he talks a lot about culture and hiring and people um, and um, talking about uh, Pat, Patty, uh, who I forget her last name, was her was his kind of confidant in HR. And she has also written her own book, which I recommend both of them. And, and, and just so, so great the way that they look at hiring and HR and, and culture and team. I can definitely uh, relate to that. Uh, if I look back at my uh, experience running businesses for, for other, I mean, I think one of my, the main lessons I've learned is that uh, sh- you should always make sure that you have the right people. And I've learned that the painful way. Yes. And, by, and by right, we often, tend, we often think that, you know, it's, it's the, the best people. They must, be the, the, they must be the best in their expertise. But I don't think this is correct. I think what it, what, when you're saying you want the best person, that you want the best person for your organization. And we often mm. neglect the soft skills aspect. Yes, I think I think the most underrated aspect of someone's job performance is their motivation. Their motivation to do that job. Mm. Um, so you have the most talented, I don't, I don't know, the say salesperson in the world who could close any deal. But if they don't care, if they're not connected, if they're not going to work excited every day, they're they're going to be just mailing it in and. Having been that person, well, I'm not saying I'm the most talented person, but having been that person in a job that doesn't motivate me, I know that I I look at I look at it as a position where I'm just doing the minimum, doing what's expected, flying under the, under the radar, trying not to get fired versus trying to get promoted mm-hmm. um, or whatever the next step may be, and 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 it just makes such a big difference. Where me, the same exact person, put me in another position where I'm excited and, and motivated and got that fire in my belly. I'm going to go above and beyond. And so I think that that kind of 
is so important as well as the, the, the importance of, of being able to work together in the team where I think what you're alluding to is that you have all these kind of superstars, you know, let's say all the, all the um, best soccer players in the world playing on one team, you know, the French, let's say the French 2014 world cup team. If you look at it in 2014, I think 2010, again, I'm not a soccer uh, football expert here, but I think that the team in 2010, there was some, some drama and uh, sorry, 2014, 2018, I'm, I'm, I'm confusing my years. Uh, there was the drama. They, they fired the coach. They, 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 you know, it was, it was pretty much almost similar players or same country, at least they came back and won the next, next tournament. So this I think is, is, uh, and forgive my terrible analogy there. Um, I'm a hockey fan, but, um, <laughs> I, but I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's such a, a painful experience where you have the wrong people on the bus um, and you need to get them off. Um, and I was so scared. I was so scared in the beginning of that hack. I remember the first person I had to let go, man, I couldn't sleep the night before. And it's still hard. Uh, it doesn't get much easier, but it definitely does get much more or uh, better when after you see people like leave the company and then go on and find another job and continue mm -hmm. their life and have success. And I've been like go three times and it's always been a positive experience afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely sucks when you have, you have that and do everything you can to try and prevent it. It's, I think, impossible to 100% prevent. Um, one of my biggest fears of my team is like, do we have people who are not motivated and engaged? Because I was one of those people who wasn't motivated and engaged, as I said, and, and it's definitely not a good place for both, both sides. Uh, that's another very good point here, uh, having people engaged. How do you do that? Well, what's your secret? Yeah, secret. I don't know how, how much of a secret. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Um, you know, we've, we've been working hard on this because um, we, we've been a remote team since 20, 2015, since, um, you know, the beginning of the company. Um, and uh, this all kind of forced us to uh, use different tools and ideas and, and techniques uh, to keep uh, tabs on people just to make sure they're okay um, more than anything. And then, of course, to make sure that they're actually doing the job and, and, and engaged. So the first thing we do is we have um, a tool that we use um, that, that kind of is a check-in tool every Friday. It's called 15.5. There's a, a many others out there that you can use. I don't specifically endorse them. There's Seven Geese. Um, there's a few others. Lattice, I think, is another one. There's so many. And, and Culture, Cultural Amp, et cetera. So there's so many of these tool softwares. So choose the one that you like the best. But having that in place was really nice, mm. where every Friday, you know, the, the team gets an email saying, hey, how's your week? Scale one to five. What are the highlights? Some things you're struggling with. To be honest, that's that tool. Not everyone fills it out all the time, so you know you got to keep kind of pushing people and saying, "Hey, what's going on?" But that 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 helps, especially when someone gives you like a two out of five. You're like, "Okay, we need to have a conversation." Um, having one-on-ones is also really really important. Something I didn't do um, before. Um, and then once you get to a point where you can have a management team, about three years into Van Hack, we actually had like a departments and that was a huge unlock for us as well because like then i didn't have to manage 20 people it was it was a me versus like on uh, like managing 20 people it was me managing four or five and then those people managing people that was huge and then they were able to have one-on-ones with every single person in the company and check in and make sure everything's okay and then you know a lot of it is just make, making sure that there's results and, and metrics and, and having clear like we use asana so you, you create a task for someone you put a due date and make it clear like okay i want you to get this done by this date okay we agree both okay and we have that all in writing and it's all very easy to track. Of course, this is yeah, not, not perfect. Um, and then one thing we've been doing the last couple of weeks or a couple of months um, that's been really fun is every twi twice, twice uh, a month, every two weeks, we have a, a happy hour with our team. Mm -hmm. um, and this year we've been doing kind of cultural theme where people talk about their country and then talk about the, the food of the country. And then everyone can go out and buy that food and take a picture and, and 
and say, hey, I ate food from, um, you know, I had escargot from, from, from France the other day and it was delicious, here's a picture. And, and a lot of people haven't tried food from those cultures. So this kind of thing is very personal, to, like, uh, like specific to us, I should say, because Van Hack, we have a very global team. Um, so this has been really, really fun. Uh, we had Mexican food and Portuguese food and, and uh, I don't know what's next, but hopefully it's, I'm sure it'll be delicious. Um, so these kind of things, as well as keeping people, you know, I guess, uh, uh, accountable and, and uh, making sure that they, they do what they say they're going to do. But uh, another, and another thing, um, maybe the last thing is, is, is letting people go when you need to, right? I think, I think like if people see that someone else on the other side, like is, um, you know, mailing it in and people can feel it, right? You can kind of tell like in the team meetings, they're not as engaged or they don't, they never contribute ideas or they're always like, okay in their performance, but never great. Um, then, then you, and you can kind of, um, other people on the team sense that. And I think if you don't make a change, they'll, they'll kind of say like, well, what, why am I putting all my, like busting my butt here when, you know, Joe Smith he, on the other side or Jane Doe is, is not. So what's going on here? So if you actually make that enforcement, be like, Hey, you know, we let this person go. They weren't, they're not the kind of person we want on our team. Then I think that other people will start to understand that, Hey, this is what's expected of me. And I, I better, I, you know, I don't want people's motivation to be, I don't want to get fired, but like, it, this is a serious organization. I want to come back, to go back to your entrepreneurship uh, journey. And earlier on in the conversation, you mentioned one of the lessons that you've learned, which is to hire an HR person. And you should, mm. you should have done that earlier. Are there other key lessons that you have learned along the way? Yeah, um, I think there's, there's kind of two. Um, well, well, it's kind of one that has many different iterations of it, which is which is trust. So I think I'm a, I'm a spoiled Canadian kid <laughs> mm-hmm. um, who grew up in a sheltered, nice city that everyone kind of was doing nice. Like no one was really ever really like lied to me too much or kind of wanted to steal something from me or et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and going to live in a place like Brazil where people have fences on their houses and no one trusts anyone because everyone's trying to like screw you over kind of thing, you know. Of course, that's not, it's, that's an extreme case, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't never had this experience before. And, and, and so I was naive uh, and I, and I, I was very naive in the beginning of that hack and thinking everyone's going to be, um, you know, my friend and, and nice to me and everything mm-hmm. like this. So I think like this, this theme hit, like bit me in the butt many times. The first time was when, um, I started the company. So we started that hack, um, and for everyone kind of in the beginning stages, uh, you know, it's super exciting. You're, you're kind of getting everything off the ground. I to be honest, didn't know, like, didn't expect Van Hack to be successful. Um, I had gone through many projects that didn't work out. And so I was a little bit burned out. As I mentioned, I was living with my parents and my, my, my current wife and it was just a stressful time. So I just was like, you know what, this is probably like everything failing in my life. I had just gotten fired. Everything's failing in my life. This probably is going to fail too. Mm-hmm. And, and that attitude was so, so bad, so wrong. Um, looking back because like it, it caused so much suffering where, I, just, I had four or three other people, me plus the three people, so four of us uh, on, on the company, in the project, it wasn't even a company back then, wanting to do this project. I, I, had, I decided to give everyone the same amount of, uh, of shares. So this was the problem this, that I kind of said, okay, like, how are we going to divide the company? Well, let's all just be equal. Um, you think I would have learned from my you know, father who thought communism, this, this never works, but uh, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it, it caused a lot of stress because clearly I was the person driving the bus and then kind of like pushing things forward and making things like the most dedicated. The other like three, one of them was obviously a bad fit. She was she was the first person I liked, the other one I was talking about where I couldn't sleep the night before. So that was kind of two weeks in, let the, let the person go and was tough, but okay, we're done. 
And then I won't go into the story of the other two, just was a lot of stress. Um, basically couldn't sleep for, for, for many like nights. Um, but the business stopped, stopped because like, what are we going to do? And a lot of, a lot of stress basically lost a year of, of time. I would say looking back, mm. just trying to figure out how to navigate work together. And, and so that, that was a huge lesson. Um, and, and that was because I trusted people. I, I trusted them that they're going to work as hard as I was going to work and be as dedicated as I'm going to be, et cetera. So next, next iteration of this came when one of uh, my, my childhood, or not childhood, but like early like career mentors um, decided to like reach out to me and said, hey, I want to join your company and, and maybe be a consultant and help you with sales and maybe invest in the company, et cetera. Very, very long story short, he ended up stealing from us and uh, starting a, cop- a competitor, a copycat business. Um, which was again oh. a lot of stress, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, arguments, and, and just like like frustrations. And I really trusted him and too much, and I told him way too much information about the company, and and just was like way too open about all these different things. Um, you know, we would have calls every morning, just like yeah. Anyway, looking back, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy, but at the moment you're, you're kind of this was didn't see it coming. So the, these two examples, I think, are, are kind of the most painful lessons for me. Of, of, of things I needed to learn and, and it's all about people and how you deal with people and, and trust and, and kind of being smart about relationships and, and, and things like that. It's nothing to do with sales or building the product or, or, or kind of like what mm. the idea is and all that. all that stuff has always been more or less okay, but the hardest part is always with, with people. Right. But you're not saying that you should not trust people, right? You're just you're saying like uh, that you have to be smart about the yeah. relationship. Yes. Yes, there's actually a book called Smart Trust, which I recommend everyone reads. Right. Uh, and, and there's a Russian phrase called trust but verify, uh, which I showed. <laughs> <a little> more. Uh, <laughs> um, it's funny looking, you know, I can laugh about it looking back, but uh, yeah, it was definitely very painful. And, and, and there's still like, you know, challenges everywhere. But of course, you should trust people, but you should be slow to trust. And you should have, I think, like default to not trusting and then make people earn their trust over time. Like, like give people maybe a very little bit amount of trust in the beginning and mm. see what they do, see how that goes and then kind of build that over, over years uh, rather than giving someone 20 who you barely know, uh, you know, 25% or three people who you barely know 75% of your company, <laughs> which is crazy right. to say out loud. That's what I did. Where do you want to take the business? What's your big dream? I was thinking about this actually a lot recently. Um, I see this as kind of my life's work and um, where, where I want to be for, you know, doing for, for, for a long, long time. We want to be the largest international tech recruiting company in the world that helps the most software developers, tech professionals relocate ever. And uh, in, in 18 years, um, when I'm 50 years old, I want to be making 20 hires a day. Um, mm. So I want to have so very tangible, like people say, what does that mean? So for me, this, this means at least this number of 20 people every day getting hired through that hack which I think we can do in the next 18 years. So I, I kind of set this goal for myself actually last week or on the weekend, um, I was doing some math and thinking, you know, by the time I'm 50, I think we can get to this number. And yeah, it's long, far enough away where, you know, it's kind of seems like, you know, it's like another life, like so far away, mm. but it's also short. And I think it'll go by quickly. Like I remember uh, when I was um, 15 years old, I'm not, it's not exactly 18 years ago, but like, that that kind of life goes fast right so yeah that that that's kind of the big vision um i remember um uh, watching a video of, of uh, the the founder of randstad which is a uh, i think the second largest recruiting company in the world after a deco multi-billion dollar corporation everyone's heard of them randstad uh from amsterdam 
they started off as a temp agency for students in the 60s, I think 1964, 65. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a video came like, I think 2017, 2018, where the founder was kind of, and he's now the chairman, he's not like longer the CEO running the business, but he was kind of this elderly gentleman and in one of those boats in Amsterdam and just like talking about the story of Randstad. And I just thought was, that was so cool. Like, can he still connect to the business? And I, I want to be like that guy. Like, like when I'm, when I'm older and, and kind of look back and be like, you know, this is something I did. And, and I think um, there's this concept of count compound interest that mm -hmm. uh, Warren Buffett, well, everyone knows what that is, but like Warren Buffett talks about a lot where like he made the most gains in his, in his business um, in, in his investments in the last like five years than the last 20 or 30 years in the past because of time. And I think that's kind of the way I want to look at this is want to do something for the long term because I think it's so hard to find something that's like works and is your like passion at the same time. I think mm -hmm. it's something, something that's very, very difficult to find. Um, and, and I want to just see how far this goes rather than being like, you know what, I'm going to sell the business in three years, flip that and then start another company and then this. And, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like that's, that's not where I want to go. So yeah, um, long answer there, but uh, I'm trying to get more specific about exactly where things are going to be in the very long term. Um, I think it's good. I just, I just had a son and, and you're kind of thinking more long term these days, but that's kind of where, where it will be. Hopefully when I listen to this 18 years from now, <laughs> we'll be close to that. What, what are you the most uh, proud of so far? I think it's the lives we've changed, um, the, mm. the, the candidates or the hires now. Um, we we're, just, we're just about to hit 1,000 Van Hackers hired. Van Hackers is what we call our, our members, which is a big difference between us and, and, and the Randstads of the world is that, that we have this community. And, and I just want to touch on that point is, is important of building sure. the community of, of, of people um, that, that kind of believe in what you're doing and, and kind of are, are working towards a common, common goal. So, so building the, the Van Hack community and having almost a thousand success cases. I think we're at 980, so 981, so very close to a thousand. And, you know, I, I look at every one of those as not just them, the person who got the new job, but it's their spouse. Um, and not, sorry, not new job, but, but like international jobs, a new country, new life. Because we, we're, not, we're not just a recruiting company. We're, we're like, we don't just give you a job from Facebook to, to Google on the other side of the street. It's from Venezuela to, to Toronto or like very kind of different places. So the quality of life of people changes um, dramatically mm. when they come to get a job at that hack. And, 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 and not just their life, but their spouse, their kids, their future kids. Um, so this is for me, the, the something like the thing that I'm the most proud of and what really fuels my motivation is that you hear the stories. Like, it's funny, we were doing a webinar yesterday. It was so cool. I... We had a webinar yesterday with our with our community. We're doing a virtual conference right now, VanHackCon. And uh, on the webinar, <laughs> one of the one of the people was like, "Oh my god, I just got a job offer!" <laughs> like like in the chat, and 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 he's like, "Yeah, like like I I can't believe it. Like I, I got a job offer like at this company, and then like like in in real time and in that mm. moment, in that moment, I was interviewing another person who got a job in, in Germany." And then there's other other person on the chat said he got a job and that was so cool. So those those moments are really great. Like um, I saw talks by the CEO of Shopify, another another great Canadian company, uh, or like mm -hmm. the best Canadian tech company. I think they're the most valuable company in Canada right now. And, and uh, the the CEO of Shopify always talks about the moment where his um, Shopify store owners make their first sale as like the kind of moment where they kind of have that that click. And for right. me, it's like. The, when one of that hacker gets hired is, is so so exciting so yeah uh again another long answer to a simple question but very proud of every every single one of those and uh yeah we're about to hit a thousand i think we'll hit there probably in uh in early january and, and so 2021 will be a 
our thousandth, a thousand year, maybe we'll do, uh, I don't know, you know, how many more we'll get uh, in 2021, but yeah, I, I think like that's a pretty cool number of four digits um, nice. and uh, hopefully just the beginning. Yeah. If I had the ability to grant you one wish and you could change one thing in your business right now, what would it be? That's a great question. I think, I think for me, it would be like, it'd be great to go from where we are to like, like a lot larger. <laughs> <laughs> so scaling um, up faster. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that'd be great. I think it, uh, without all the pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that, that would be awesome. Um, but uh, I, I think um, another thing or it's kind of maybe more realistic, I don't know, is uh, we, we, we oftentimes get lumped in with, so I never meant to start a recruiting company. I was, we, we started VanHack as, as an online school to teach developers English and then became a recruiting company as employers asked for connections to our students. Right. And so I would wish that we didn't, like maybe we, we found a way to um, differentiate ourselves from all those kind of spammy, if I say kind of uh, outsourcing agencies that are out there that we get mixed in with. And I think this would make a big difference in our business if we can figure this out. It's something I'm, I'm kind of actively working on and trying to trying to see. But yeah, um, that would be one one wish. And and then also, okay, you give me one wish. I'm giving. I'm, I'm taking many things, but um, <laughs> it's okay. Just, just uh, yeah, for the team. And I, I know the team. I, I don't think they're unhappy, but just for the team to be like happier. Like I just want all the people who come in and work with us just to be happy, whatever that means to them. And, and kind of be fulfilled through 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 their work and their lives and, and just like make sure because if they're happy then the customers will be happy then the business will grow so this show is called uh cracking the entrepreneurship code have you cracked the code uh maybe a little bit a small crack definitely not fully i mean i think that if you were kind of like taking all this away from me and i just like you know i, I have to start again just with the knowledge that i have Mm. I think I could figure out a way to sustain myself, like mm. find a way to, to make money uh, online through through something. I feel like there's definitely a few lessons that I've learned and that, that, that would allow me to kind of keep being an entrepreneur indefinitely. But uh, I, I think that it's one of those, you know, things that the more you learn, the more you know, you, you know, nothing. It's kind of the <laughs> um, <laughs> So so I, I think I think there's a lot to go, um, and and that's one of the best things about it, right? Is that it's not like um, a game with ten levels, and once you get to level ten, it's game over. It's this is a life thing, a mental thing, forever. That's exciting, uh, and it's not about like you know like sports where it's all about your body and how like if you're 50 years old, you obviously can't be the same as this if you're when you're 20. But here, it's a kind of a, a much more like long-term mental game where you know, the longer you stay in it, the, the more success you'll have. So um, I, I think we're kind of maybe early, early uh, cracks. So there's a little bit of a splinter crack. I, I mean, can see a little bit of lights, but uh, not, uh, not a full-blown uh, kind of... <laughs> fair, fair enough. What is the one recommendation you would give to uh, entrepreneurs? I think the biggest one would be to focus on customers obsessively um, rather than investors or like team drama or other stuff. Like just, just focus on business development, sales, customers as much as possible in the early days. Um, I had a startup that completely failed because we focused way too much on building something that no one ended up wanting. And I think you need to have a mix of both, but if you can figure out 
customer side as soon as possible and add value there. Um, that's really important. And then building an email list, which is something that I think people don't think is important or don't, don't do as much as they should. That's huge. And, and then also like in, in that um, becoming a content and media company, um, like I say a lot, like Red Bull and Coca-Cola, they're not beverage companies, they're media companies. And if you can look at yourself and your company as a media company first, or as one of those being the top things, I think that'll give you a huge advantage over the competition. Um, you know, Gary Vanderchuk, I think is the premier person yeah. who talks about this, having that, um, that, I think that's been a big advantage for us as a company. And, and so building that out and, and just is, is, is super critical. Um, and I think that it's, something a lot of people don't focus on uh, in the early days. All right. The message was sent. Thank you very much uh, for your time, Ilya. One last question. How can people contact you? I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm the only person in the world with my name. Um, so it's easy. I, uh, someone <laughs> said, you have good SEO. <laughs> just Google me and you'll find it. Uh, you'll find my LinkedIn, my Twitter. My email is just my name, Ilya, at vanhike.com. Pretty simple. I'm not, I'm not really anyone special. Just reach out to me. I'm, I'm pretty open and ch to chat with. Excellent. Again, thank you for your time, Ilya. No, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Cool. And thank you all for listening. If you like this episode, write a nice review, then share it on social media so we can inspire as many entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs as possible. See you next time. Bye-bye.